You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Cousin Connection Podcast. podcast you said it so it. fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're right on time, actually. <laughs> oh shoot i actually am really loud um as you guys can see we are joined by special guest would you like to introduce yourself oh my name is hassan hassan abbas, abbas. you guys have probably heard, you guys have probably heard about him like probably heard me mention his name like a million times at this point on this podcast we well, wanted him on this podcast for so long. I, I know. Like. I've been dying to be here, guys. It, he has. Oh, we can send He's been messaging me like every week. But, you know. know, just the schedules have not worked <laughs> out. He kept on blowing me off. Like yeah. one day he told me, like, you know, <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about. The other day is like, I don't want to hear everything from you. So I'm finally happy to be here. You know, with this whole podcast game, it gets a little busy, you know? We're you booked and busy sorry. now, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like your family until he's famous. No, no, no. Okay, calm down. No, I'm joking. No, but yeah, so... We brought Hassan on here today. Uh, we were originally going to just, you know, talk about history, but he actually has something that he brought for us or mm-hmm. that he actually made for us in the community and for the people who want to know. Drummles. It's called Threads of Memory Harari Cultural Ceremonies. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, so he actually ended up coming out with a book. I should. I don't know if I should let you explain it, but you know... I'll no, go ahead, catch please. Okay, I want, I want yeah, to hear yeah. from someone else's office exactly. of mine. Yeah. yeah, so he ended up coming out with a book about uh, Harari culture, which we've mentioned a lot on this podcast. And uh, finally, someone's actually put it together into <laughs> something we can read. And it, it, what do they call it when you like put something in a book to like hold it forever? What preserve. Preserve, preserve all culture. <laughs> exactly, gotcha. that thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know what? Let's just get into the questions i guess that we have or a podcast in general so first my question is so why did you choose when did you choose or when was the time you're like you know what i need to write a book well it was never my idea initially mm-hmm. it's just something i was i've always heard right yeah you know since we were younger the three of us were always part of the same community mm-hmm. and we always had like those, that period where we were doing youth events and stuff and mm-hmm. after every event we out here someone say like you know you should probably just write down a few things and you know make it available to other people mm-hmm. um until a certain point like it was always like haha yeah right <laughs> but um you know when you when you hear something over and over again like i finally got the push and there, there's a lot of other motivating factors as well too it's not just what people are saying mm-hmm. it's more so just what the community needs in a sense right mm-hmm. um i feel like a lot of our generation we complain about not being connected to our culture or not long a lot about our history or who we are um and you know when you hear something so much that often 
like you kind of want to dig in and see why. And one of the main reasons that I thought, you know, we have this issue in our generation is we don't have the resources available mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. allow people to kind of dig in and get to know their culture, right? And there are other barriers as well too, like the language barrier within our generation. Yeah. yeah. Some people can't speak the language. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm not here to shoot shots, okay? I'm just saying. I'm joking. I'm joking. You speak very well. Uh, but, you know, some people... Um, one of one of the main ways we can learn our language and uh, learn our culture or like you know connect to our identity nowadays is through our language right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than reading is like we talk to our elders uh, we take you know what they have from their mouth so it's like we're learning our history from our people instead of some random academic who's just writing about our people kind of thing right yeah mm-hmm. um, which has been done in th- that's most of the you know the articles yeah. available online nowadays yeah so it's like why don't we kind of get together mm-hmm. put a book together meant for people of our generation that's easy to read mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't put you to sleep right yeah so that's like the idea that first came to mind mm-hmm. and um yeah so it flew off and this is what it became yeah and actually i feel like i jumped the gun a bit because if one yeah one thing <laughs> one thing people don't know is that like if, if there's one thing that i would like if someone asked me who hassan was i'd be like he's like uh, uh, a history nerd for Harar <laughs> and I've always wanted to know like what was your catalyst what was the reason that like what made you so interested mm-hmm. in learning about the culture to begin with yeah um, well it's funny that you mentioned that like, yeah. I feel like that's how a lot of people see me yeah um, guys, <laughs> there's more to me than that uh, I'm just joking but, um, mm-hmm. but on, on a serious note I think what became a catalyst is um, and I mentioned it in in the in the preface of the book, mm-hmm. just like what motivated me to become so like you know into the culture. I was yeah. about to say obsessed. Uh, that's not the <laughs> well, well, that might have been appropriate not to. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it was like it was it was a certain situation where um, I was a young kid, mm-hmm. and um, it was one of the elders in the community who's who's uh, one of my maternal uncles. Um, he was kind of telling me a story of, of a childhood song that that we that uh, children used to sing back in the days in Hutter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Ayo for for the for those of you who know it. Um, Can you? Oh no! Sample it for me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, my vocals are not right today. <laughs> I, need, I need more tea. <laughs> but it's basically it's, it's a very like fun song, and you know, for mm-hmm. anyone, even like for our parents' generation, mm-hmm. they they have no idea what it means. Yeah. It's just a bunch of words. It sounds fun and rhymes and everything. Mm. And, you know, back in the days... Do you know the words? Like, yeah. Can you just say it? Um, and I forgot the rest. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, right? Is yeah, like I had audio? no idea what it means. Yeah, for like, you know, the words, we know what they mean. It's yeah. like, but when you try to put it into a sentence, no one can translate it. Yeah. Right? Because it sounds like gibberish kind of. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, like whenever you see stuff like that in the Hari culture, it's often code. It's, o- it's mm. often things that are symbolisms for other more, you know, deep and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, meaningful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when you ask people in our generation, generation they just go, they, they, they brush it off. It's like, yeah. oh, that's just a song, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so they, this is a song that children used to sing when uh, they see the full moon. Back oh. in the days of Hari, right? Ayyawarhai means my mother, the moon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then... It has a profound meaning until this day. I can't tell you what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, younger version of me was sitting in front of my uncle. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me the story. And, you know, I could have cared less at that time because I was yeah. a young kid, right? Yeah. yeah. And he was talking and talking and talking. And, like, he, you know, his eyes gleamed. And, like, he was so into it. Yeah. And, like, I'm just listening. Yeah. And, you know, the night ended. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years later, he passed away. And, you know, I remember that song. And I was like, you know. Mm-hmm. He planted the seed. He planted the seed. It's yeah. Like, and at that time, like, I didn't notice, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I wonder what a song means. So I, I asked, you know, people in my family and people in the community and I asked a lot of people until today, like, I have no idea what the song means. Mm-hmm. And no one was able to tell me. Yeah. But that search led you to this. This. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, at that time, like, that yeah. gives us the real, the realization as well, too. It's like a lot of our history and a lot of identity, like, has been lost through the last century or so because mm-hmm. of the wars and the occupation and, and, mm-hmm. Some people don't call it a genocide, but it was basically a genocide, right? right. Yeah. Um, You're talking about Chalanko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The post, what, post Chalanko, yeah. what happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, and a lot of that was preserved through songs and yeah. stories and uh, oral traditions, right? Yeah. And um, so my, what the realization I came up with at that time is if, if a huge part of our culture, or mm-hmm. even a little bit at a time, dies with the elders um, that, that, that are holding it, mm-hmm. and our generation is not doing what they need to do to mm-hmm. preserve it, then who are we going to be 50 years from now? Exactly. Where are you we going to be as a community? That's a scary thought. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are we going to rely on these academic resources that, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's some weird stuff in there. Yeah, like that, there's a that, lot like, of bias, definitely. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of pervert our history and who we are as a yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. So are we going to rely on that or are we going to take the action into our own hands kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where would you say, like, you know, that kind of talks about where the the inspiration comes from, but, you know, kind of walk us through, I guess, the evolution from you know, learning a song when you were a kid to now writing a book? Like, what were the steps that you took? I know we were there for most of it, yeah. but for <laughs> our viewers' sake, yeah. you know, um, and our listeners, like, kind of walk us through mm-hmm. how you went from just learning a song as a child to now being, you know, a co-author of a book. How old were you when you first started searching for that? Like, to expanding your knowledge on the culture and history? Um, well, for personal, like, you know, benefit and just yeah. for my own interest, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, like, as early as 15, 16. Okay. okay. Yeah. But um, in a more serious sense, like to kind of get this book started and, and you know, actually document things. Yeah. Um, it kind of started in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 2022, that's five years. Yeah. Um, so that's basically where it started. But, you know, in 2017, I started to write these things down. Yeah. Like for my own use in the sense that, like, I never expected that this is going to be for other people to look at kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a, a common friend of ours, you know, I showed it to her and she was like, why don't you make it into a book? Yeah. Mm. And I was like, haha, yeah, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, um, then they pushed, they pushed, they pushed. And finally, I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I might as well just give it a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, a good month and a half of writing, and I yeah. kind of burnt out and like mm. put it in a, a G drive and never looked at it again for like five years. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah wow. I, was, I was like, I was so over it mm-hmm. because, you know, it, and it goes to show you how deep and rich the hurry culture is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's so like, it's it's a lot, and mm-hmm. for one person to do a project like this, it's like I don't think um, a single person has the capacity to do this. Yeah, and it's more so a communal effort. So mm-hmm. I left it alone until finally that friend again was like, you know, what's where's the book? Yeah, where's the book? <laughs> right? Like he yeah. said, it was gonna be done. So I thought about it, and I was like, um, well, I didn't do it because it was too much for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I might as well just work with other people who have the skill sets that that are required to kind of mm-hmm. fill in the areas I wasn't able to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I prayed on it and I came yeah. across two very skilled people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamdi Saadi from Australia and Nader Mohammed from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we worked on it for a while until it became what it is today. Like, and um, I don't, I, does Hamdi, I know Hamdi and Nader, they're, I would, they're like the co-authors, I guess. Yeah. 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 And um, do they also have like a very similar love or like yeah i guess love for the culture and history or like you do like did 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 they also have some uh 
knowledge they could show you or give you or was this like you were coming with the knowledge and they're teaching you how to like put it into words or how to write it in like how did this collaboration even work mm-hmm. that's actually a very interesting question <laughs> <laughs> um and i think it's more so the first one it's like yeah. we all have like this real you know love and passion towards yeah. our culture and identity but i think in, in different capacities mm-hmm. right and that's one thing one of like the pros of us working together is like we all s- supplemented each other's yeah in you know, a passion towards the culture so hamdi like his gay sanan is like a a one right <laughs> he speaks like the old gaysina yeah, and and yeah. Like he, sometimes like he throws words at me it's like what does that mean kind of thing, yeah right? um and his grammar is really good too so like mm-hmm. you know uh he kind of helped a lot with like the research as well yeah um and now that as well he has like this profound like you know deep love for the culture as well mm-hmm. and they're both really good writers yeah right mm-hmm. so hamdi did a lot of research on his end through his uh mom and his aunt mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. other was able to kind of you know create the framework of the book with the information that we have mm-hmm. and me it's just you know a lot of the research as well too on my end and kind mm-hmm. of you know guiding the project into where it needs to go mm-hmm. and the three of us kind of work together to make it happen but in the sense that like me learning from the, from them yeah mm-hmm. I, I did learn a lot a lot from them so this book is specifically is it just on the um uh, wedding traditions like exclusively wedding traditions or do you like kind of sneak in a few other things there as well that's a good question. Yeah, because this one, just for people who don't know, it's called Volume 1. So you're, it looks like you're planning on making more, of yeah, course. Yeah. But this one is specifically called Volume 1, Wedding Traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so exactly how, um, you know, I'll let you explain it. So how did you put this together? What, what kind of information are we going to find in here? Well, that kind of touches into how the project started. It was, yeah. was supposed to be a comprehensive like look of the Hari culture. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why the first burnout happened is because... Oh, it's yeah, a lot it's a to lot put in the book, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, why not just do like one volume at a time and yeah. take it from there, right? Yeah. So the first volume I wanted to do was um, about <laughs> the kings and queens of Hutter. So to tell the hist- mm. the story of Hutter mm-hmm. through select kings and queens. Like I had like nine nine of them. Yeah, because like, how many do we have in total? There's a lot. They say like 72 between 73. Yeah, that I are saw the, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. A map, yeah. Not the, the list in yeah. the uh, Hutter. The, the museum, Gegar. right? Yeah. yeah. They also have it, I think, in like the entrance of Jogod, like on do the they? wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like painted on there. Remember oh, really? Right outside of the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. museum, the Adagar. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have yeah. it there too. Like, it's something that we're really proud about is our documented history and like in our, in our, in the monarchies, yeah. right? And I feel like that would have been a very good way to tell us the history of Hutter, but mm. through them. Um, especially like, you know, the ones that, that I was thinking about uh, kind of focusing the book on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you're working with people, like you, you do have to have like discussions about what are your insights, what do you think is going to work. It's not just the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And a lo- what a lot of people told me, like outside of the project, is um, if you want this project to start off on a strong foot, maybe <laughs> choose a different subject, right? Yeah, <laughs> something a little easier Smart. to start with, like right? Yeah, because yeah. it's going to be pretty intense to go through. It is that yeah. much history, especially the kings and queens. No, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And like uh, all the background information. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a lot. So they're like, why don't why not do weddings? Yeah, right and initially when we were planning on doing this it was only supposed to be a few pages like not more than 100 yeah mm-hmm. um and after like the we, we did more and more research we got mm-hmm. more and more information this was a learning experience for mm-hmm. us too because a lot of what's in the book now we didn't know prior to writing the book mm-hmm. right so like as like we learned more like you know the book got bigger mm-hmm. and um so we decided to stick with the, the weddings because you know I think it's pretty obvious nowadays a lot of the people who are into the culture within our generation more than the guys are the girls yeah mm. right and um more than the most the topic that most like attracts like you know the the girls are is, is like wedding traditions and mm-hmm. stuff 
So they're like, if you really want this project to hold, you know, based on our weddings. Yeah. And there's a lot of traditions like in in weddings. I didn't know about a lot of these things. Like I read a book back in the day. I probably showed you that book once, like 100 pages. And it has some like descriptions of weddings of things I've never seen before. I can't even describe what, what... uh, they said right now but it yeah. was just like i was like we don't do this at all right now <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah and a lot of it's almost extinct yeah maybe in hutter like every other wedding you, you may see it mm-hmm. but now it's like you know we'll ask it to know kind of thing because yeah. we don't we don't know anything about it mm-hmm. and um you know even to like one of my friends in her at that time like i was kind of telling him about, about the content of the book yeah and he's like yeah i used to hear about that it was like <laughs> whoa really <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like you know even our parents generation like they probably caught most of it yeah mm-hmm. but if it's not happening now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and a lot of the resources that are available, if they're not readable to us now, yeah. like how would we be able to preserve this for our generation? Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. When when you first came and I looked at the book, I was shocked to see like how many pages. I'm like, I thought I knew everything about <laughs> that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you probably didn't realize how many pages it was until you finally put it together. right? No, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even like the document when we gave it to the, um, the formatter, mm-hmm. it was only like a hundred pages or so and we didn't realize how many pages it's actually supposed to be because we, it was in fine print mm-hmm. right but uh when he brought this to us i was like oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i've always i've always like wanted i was always i actually i should have been one of the people telling you to write a book because i've always wanted something like this that was like put together nicely so that like even if the next generation doesn't um um do as much research as we used to or at least grow up with the culture at least they'll have mm-hmm. somewhere to kind of learn that information or learn about our yeah. history yeah because like unfortunately like you can see it in the next few generations like it's starting to get weaker and weaker when it mm. comes to following the traditions exactly as they were mm. it's like except for weddings except I, for weddings that i feel like it's that's that's the only thing we sort of do i totally agree same. with that i i agree but i feel like the interest is still there like people are still interested and in maybe yeah through this you know the production of this book you're you might be reviving that yeah yeah that's also a big thing so yeah Yeah. but like one thing like amir just like brought back to my head well before i go into that yeah i feel like i should mention you guys in the credits of the book too because (laughs) you know you guys were people who've mentioned before like you should write Mm -hmm. a book and put it together too Mm -hmm. so like a bit of the motivation comes from you guys as well (laughs) if you guys don't know like when we say like we literally kind of saw i feel like we watched you grow the process into this. of this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. especially yeah. because you know as as one of our friends like anytime we would even hang out like you just randomly just spew out like just tidbits Random of information <laughs> and we're like, wow, that's so interesting and he just like casually mentioned mm-hmm. it and so anytime like i know if i've ever had questions i'd be like hey like you know what's this and he would just have the answer mm-hmm. so i mean you know we are very proud of you, yes. of Nadir, of Hamdi mm-hmm. for for doing something like this for our generation and generations to come. Mashallah. Yeah. It's and also no, like like mentioned, just to jump on what Sarah said, like the fact that this might actually motivate more people to learn about our culture now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think the issue before was that like you did all the legwork of yeah. going to all the people like mm-hmm, how, were you go- you were going to like aunts and uncles and like ummas and and kakas they're and all tired of me now all, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. just trying to gather all this information to one place because the mm. issue before was that if you did want to learn about the culture like there was no one place to go to you didn't yeah. know who to go to yeah. yeah so now that we're kind of putting it into book form or in like actually uh writing it down people if they wanted to learn they can quickly go to this resource mm-hmm. and start reading it and and 
learn whatever they need and uh, hopefully when you make the more volume more yep. volumes like people will be able to kind of it makes it a lot easier to access our culture and religion or exactly. not religion but culture and traditions mm-hmm. but that's the thing like our culture is really connected to our religion exactly too. it's like when you're, when you're learning the hurry culture you're also learning religion yeah because yeah. like we have a of course a large muslim audience right so i feel yeah. like this is also really be something positive for, or good to uh look into for mm-hmm. people who are not hurry mm-hmm. because of our um such like tied to religion with with our uh, culture exactly. right like exactly. we're known as i think you mentioned in the previous episode where we're known as like the fourth whole fourth holiest city in the world or something yeah. like that yeah. Hadar is so why wouldn't you as a muslim want to know more about that city more about their cultures because everything in our culture has some root in the religion it does yeah like even the smallest things like literally you probably breaking down each line mm-hmm. and finding out like five different meetings like we were talking about it's the intense. house, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which one? Like you, you know remember the, when the house we went to the like uh, the got the typical. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the they have the house? five. The like, five in like uh, shelves, okay. Yeah, yeah or even um, the steps. The steps. They were saying this is supposed to remind you of the the basically like the different skies or the yeah. different heavens. Sorry, that yeah. one caught me off guard. I know. I was like, mm-hmm. what? I just learned that on this trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I've never like I've always wondered about different things and like, yeah. like why do they have like is this just for design? And then as she was like explaining different things my mind was blown i just sat there like wow mm-hmm. that's every amazing. single thing had its meaning yeah. and actually that's one thing to mention like why we're in ethiopia <laughs> hasn't happened to be in ethiopia at the same time as us we, we didn't, didn't plan it we, we didn't, didn't plan even it. see it happened, yeah like i saw you from far uh, half, yeah. oh, i didn't see yeah. i saw aisha and i saw i was, I was yeah. Like, yeah. hanging out with him <laughs> yeah he made me the cameraman you know i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> no no but yeah so like actually that's probably something we should get into like even though you have this like love for the culture and our and and our history mm-hmm. it was only like this past month that you actually went to ethiopia for the first time in how many years 25 years 25 <gasps> years yeah yeah wait this was your first time his yeah. first time in 25 years did you not years. go a couple years ago am i imagining you being there no, <laughs> yeah i wasn't there i was i left when i was three and i just and yeah, you were born you were born in ethiopia yeah, originally yeah, right yeah, yeah. Wow. And so you know you made your pilgrimage back to the country to wait, our, to wait, our wait. hometown so, so tell us about that though because yeah. Like, did like, you have any preconceived notions of like what Ethiopia was going to be like, or did you kind of already know through your research? Like, what um, was your experience like going there? To be mm-hmm. honest, like when I went there, it already felt like I I've been there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like to get acquainted to like things there, it didn't take me that much, and I think it's because you know my all of my older brothers they were born there and mm-hmm. and they were raised there up to like a certain age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like being around them for so long and he- hearing them tell stories and stuff, mm-hmm. like I feel like I already been there through them and, and uh, you know my father my uncles and so on so it, was, it wasn't too much of a culture shock when i went there but mm-hmm. you know when you go there everyone knows that you're not from there <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's wild That's like true. yeah it's like mm-hmm. from like you know the beggars on the street to mm-hmm. uh distant relatives it's like yeah you're not from here are you <laughs> you didn't hold on to any of your amharic from when you were there? Nah. you didn't learn any Did you uh, have only no the bad words or? huh only only the bad words. <laughs> i tried like i feel like this trip Mm -hmm. like a lot of it came back yeah but not enough to hold a conversation Mm -hmm. gotcha you're able to get around at least like yeah i wouldn't be able to get around anywhere yeah you learned a couple Uh, couple. i probably forgot them now because i haven't used them in a few weeks but but we live in the age of google translates i know exactly can get you by yeah Yeah, i can try that but you know with with amharic i don't know they have any as many resources to Kind of like it's actually really translate good. it. Is it's it really? It's actually good? really good. Yeah. Okay. Like I hired a driver and yeah. we didn't speak a word to each other yeah. verbally. It's just Google translate. Yeah, like the really? whole the whole week he was driving really? me around. Yeah. Everything was like a Google translate. No way. It was good. You should have practiced. like I think if you have willingness to like 
break up the. I don't know how to say it in English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you know, but if you like try, even though you're you're. Um, I don't know how to say it. In English. I know. I mm-hmm. sounds. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I can think, think of, of the word in Gaysanan, but I don't know how to say it For in what? English. Like. How do you, you know say Tisbabra ma tesanah. Oh, like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, like struggle like, and speak it, right? Yeah, yeah, broken, yeah, broken language or broken yeah. English or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. if you try, I feel like you kind of, they'll correct you, you learn it that yeah. way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, I mean, that's what Amir did the whole time. Yeah, now I tried, I tried. My my Gaysanan, or my, yeah, my Gaysanan got a lot better, mm-hmm. but my Amharic is still like trash. <laughs> it's, it's not even close. <laughs> now, but honestly, like, okay, so because you uh, did so much research mm-hmm. and you knew so much about the history, like, did going actually going to Hara, did it like meet your expectations? Mm. Did you uh, like, were you expecting, did it not meet your expectations? How did it feel actually going to the city for the first time? Like even when you were here, when you were a baby, I don't think you went, did you? No. Yeah, you probably never went, right? No. So your first time ever, mm-hmm. the city that you've like been doing all this research, you almost half your life, how did it feel actually going there? It was grounding. Mm. Mm. Like... You know how they say, like, you know, you're a foreigner, like, in foreign lands and you're a foreigner when you go back home kind of thing? Yeah. Like, you do feel a sense of that when you're around people because they, mm-hmm. due to the p- current political situations, like, even with the Hari community, you mm-hmm. get a lot, a lot of side comments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This may not be the platform to talk about. It, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, speak your truth. Go yeah, for so, it. Yeah. Like, you hear a lot of, oh, you guys left. Mm-hmm. Right. Really? Yeah, I got a lot of that. Really? It's like when we talk about like the current situation in the Hutter and yeah. uh, the current situation of wh- what's going on and how yeah. there's so many Hutteries in in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They're like, oh, you guys left, and you know the situation needs to be better, kind of thing, right? We never had any choice in the matter. Yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, three years old when I left. Exactly. Like, give yeah. me a break. I'm here. I'm here to visit now, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, but when I was by myself and like when I just like you know started to like get get lost on purpose to yeah. see things in Hutter and stuff. Like, it was such a grounding feeling to the sense that, you know, you know, this is a land where I can trace my lineage back to 1100 years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows, like, all my grandfathers probably walked by this alleyway. Yeah. Or, you know, when you go to, like, certain places where, like, the certain king's, um, you know, resting places or mm-hmm. certain mosques that have been there for almost, like, 1300 that, years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's such a grounding feeling because the history, the, the place you're standing on has so much history. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and the, the fact that it's your own history being, conne- like, connected to it is yeah. something mm-hmm. different. Like when I went to Turkey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a similar feeling, uh, mm-hmm. but not like this because this is like you. where you come from, right? Yeah. When you come to Turkey, it's like you know, mashallah, this is where Islamic history comes from, and yeah, and you feel that connection to it. But to see something where your ancestors built, mm-hmm. and you know, they built it intentionally for their generations to come. Yeah. So it's for us. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it was, it was a very grounding feeling, and what I can say about it is that. It met my expectations and yeah. to some degree like it exceeded my expectations mm-hmm. um but what some people told me is that you, you're only saying that because you haven't been here like you know for about 2010 and stuff like that because mm-hmm. that was a, a more not better time for Hutter. Mm-hmm. and with the current political situations it's not as good now but yeah for someone who first time there it was amazing yeah i think yeah. if you don't look at the like if you remove the political issues to the side and Mm -hmm. you kind of just look at your experience in itself like i completely understand when you're comparing it to turkey versus yeah Mm -hmm. versus harar um so i mean politics aside uh, i'm glad you had a good experience don't let that stuff ruin it for you yeah Yeah. it's okay one thing i do hope is that like even though we are um how do what's a there's a word i'm trying to think of what are you trying to say like when you when you put information together preserve yeah when even when you're why do i keep forgetting the word preserve (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Okay, you want something no, no. <laughs> but when you when you're my one thing is like like 
even though we are preserving the culture and the history now, mm. I hope that like because of these this political climate, we don't like lose that like where we only have this to turn to, where uh. we can't actually go back to our homeland. Like I, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I hopefully, inshallah, like things <laughs> get better. Yep. Inshallah. Um, inshallah. inshallah. But like. Um, that's always been a fear of mine being like this might be our only resource in the next hundred years or something I hope not I hope not too yeah. exactly yeah. but even being there like when I was looking at the buildings like it doesn't really even to now I don't it doesn't hit me that these are thousands of years old right yeah just looking at them I'm like looks like that was built like two weeks ago man yeah. there's no way this is built like they do a good job of taking ago. care of it they do mm-hmm. exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, you kind of need like a moment of reflection for it to like hit you hit yeah you. like I did that when I was there six really? years ago because mm-hmm. i was in header for i was actually there for four days but like i was by myself i didn't have you guys to like, yeah. entertain me so yeah. i really like that's when it synced in this time i feel like i came for more of a yeah we weren't fun. there long <laughs> enough to actually let it sink in yeah that was that's the unfortunate part yeah and actually as a i guess i would call you a historian right now for wow. her that's not so no there's a rumor <laughs> <laughs> there's a rumor that like uh for people know how to have like a very colorful walls in the city mm-hmm. but there's actually a plan where they're going to be painting all of them back to what they call the original color of being white do you know if that was the case where all the walls used to be just white well like when you look at a lot of a lot of the historic photos like yeah. from the 1800s when rimbaud and stuff went yeah the, it looks white mm. the pictures are black and white is hard yeah, to tell exactly, but like, they, they yeah. all look white yeah. yeah yeah so what do you feel about that like for me i was like i feel like like we know it as yeah. the colorful, colorful. city right yeah, exactly mm. like with all the colorful walls you have the green here you got sometimes even purple on the walls it adds character yeah it yeah, adds yeah. a little bit of character but now mm. they're planning on making it all white i'm not sure why they're planning on making it all white um I think it's just to... Maybe to it's look because more UNESCO's coming to Hutter. Yeah. The United uh, Nations. I don't know what the full abbreviation stands for. Because it's yeah. a heritage site, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, they wanted to pretty up the city so that, you know, when they get there, they mm-hmm. have something nice to look at. Yeah. Um, and that's on, honestly, like, even though they're kind of doing that change for that, yeah. it still gives me hope that they're still paying attention mm. to the area because mm. it means that they will probably help to preserve... The buildings like i don't know if you saw it when you're walking to each of the houses yeah you see a little plaque on the top of all that. the houses yeah yeah put a smile on my face yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> to kind of be like this is known by unesco as a heritage heritage site yeah mm. right yeah. so they're not they can't touch it they can't demolish it mm. or anything uh so at least that gave me hope to be like okay they're gonna try to preserve this for the long term yeah at least anything within the juggle yep. which is the walls yep yeah and i think even the word juggle is a uh, like um, is it a Maharic term? It's not an actual Hadari term, it's right? Not no. Do you know what they used to it's call? Not? It? No, that's ironic. And <laughs> it's deep because it's, yeah. it shows you like how connected Hadar was to its surrounding areas and to its other ethnicities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Hadar at a point in time was a, a, me- a meeting point for all these different eth- ethnic groups, um, yeah. and they were united by faith, mm-hmm. right? So even though they had the difference of like you know ethnicity, the one thing that brought them together was faith and. Mm-hmm. the from what I was told, and I heard it more than once, uh, so I, I assume it's true, mm-hmm. um, is that the word comes from, it's a Somali word. It's an mm. old Somali word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, when we have the five gates of the city yeah. and whenever, um, you know, um, people who wanted to come to city to the city come from the Somali uh, direction of, of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, the guards of, of the wall will say jog, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And that means stop. 
Yeah. Right? Interesting. And then afterwards, um, they would ask him questions. And then afterwards, you know, if they see that he's he's a friend and he's coming to, you know, yeah. just to see the city or like learn or, or to be a part of the people, yeah. mm-hmm. they would tell him, gun, meaning go inside. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So like that's where the word comes. Jo- it's actually two separate words. I mean, stop and go. Yeah. Um, that's why they call it the wall of the city. Like what's with, what's within a jogan. Wow. And actually, that's we can also talk a little bit about the history of how like. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of ethnicities there. And it's yeah. not only like the local ethnicities. I believe there are also Turkish people there. There were uh, Yemeni people there. There's yeah. like uh, uh, Sudanese. Any, anyone? I don't, I don't know if they're Sudanese. Weren't there? I, wouldn't Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah. yeah, but there were just people from across the whole world, right? I think mm-hmm. they even have, uh, what's that, Thompson guy? Oh, shoot, I forget the building's name. Uh, Rimbad. Rimbad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rimbad. Like, <laughs> he was a French uh, After you guy. Get to know Amir, you get to know Amir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like... Hadar was like an international center at one point. It was. It was a. It was a. What is it called? It was a hub for Islam, trade. Yeah. Right? Trade, Islamic knowledge. Islamic knowledge as well. There are a lot yeah. of walis. Like how many walis? Did they, they, they roughly estimate that were in the city? Like it used to be called city like saints. With, with uh, the resting places counted, it's like 102. 102, right? But, yeah. but there's probably actual numbers like thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you're I thinking, read something saying like you you know you. There was a time where you could walk. Uh, you couldn't walk more than a. I can't remember how many a steps. Step. A step. A step. Did you guys post that? Maybe I read it from you guys. I read it somewhere online. Maybe. But you couldn't walk a step without bumping into another olia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised just from the amount of knowledge that was being passed on in that mm-hmm. whole in that city, right? Mm-hmm. And do you know like roughly around what time that was? Like, what would you call? prime time mm. had a, like not prime time but um the golden age um i'm not good with centuries yeah but, uh, <laughs> I, I would say about 500 years ago 500 years ago wow. right? uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like you know a good overall balance of a good time like re- yeah politically religiously yeah. agriculture everything i would say it would be <clears throat> around the time of um, amir nur and uh, imam ahmed mm-hmm. and they were seen as the, the medieval kings of harad that kind of saved the city and expanded the empire and everything mm-hmm. so that would be like the ideal prime time of of what harad was yeah some a lot of people might disagree with me i don't know yeah uh, but in my general <clears throat> opinion like i would say it's done yeah and um just to go a little bit, uh, not a little later in the history, about like a uh, hundred and maybe twenty years ago. I, I know we mentioned this a few times in past podcasts, but we even the be- beginning of the podcast we mentioned Chalanko, mm-hmm. but I don't think we ever explained it. Like Sarah tried to explain it on. Not you discrediting she, my okay. Summary. She sort of explained <laughs> it. I'm sure you did a good job. I just I just explained what I learned from him. Literally. Yeah. Okay. But now that we have you here, I feel like we can probably. Yeah, give, give a little bit detail. more information on why we mentioned Chalanko so much mm. and like the Sati Bakla. Oh, no, that's not the Sati Bakla. I, I wouldn't do that to it. Okay, put it on the screen. <laughs> we can make one if you have a red marker. Huh? We can make one if you have a red marker. Yeah, just pull one on there. But yeah, so. Translate Sati Bakla, by the way, or are you going to wait for him to do it? Because you uh-huh. just said it in Gaysanan. Sati Bakla just means like 700. But like, okay, you don't want to make the connection? Oh, it's, okay, it's for the like the 700 uh, warriors who were killed. Uh, during the battle of Chilanco, yep. who were all, I think, newlyweds as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, you know, what? let's go into the history. So, yeah, I, I, I consider like anything be- before. At least I used to consider that anything before Chilanco was like the golden age mm-hmm. of Harar, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately because of Chilanco, like, um, it was. Uh, I guess you could say we were um, colonized by our own people. Would uh, you say it's colonized? I would say it's colonized. In a way. I- Golden Age, um, 
Not th- the Great Depression. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think Hutter's Golden Age mm-hmm. was at least a century before Jelenko. Oh, okay. Mm. Like the decline was gradual. Yeah. Right? Okay. And for someone who's living in that time, it was unnoticeable, but mm-hmm. someone who's retrospectively looking back at Hutter, yeah. um, you, you'll notice a very like notable decline of, mm-hmm. of, our, of our, I guess, like our um, politically uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as a state and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> And a lot of people don't notice this because when we start talking about the story of Chilonko, we start about we start at the point where Menelik says, "Hey, give me your land," yeah. and then Amir Abdullah says, "No," and then they fight and everyone dies. Yeah, right? Menelik was the um, was he a king of Ethiopia? Yeah, or yeah. so he was the king yeah. of the Abyssinian Empire at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but where it kind of starts is actually with uh, if you want a more comprehensive picture of it, it yeah. starts with Rimbad. Really? Oh, really? What yeah. I mentioned earlier? Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. So how does it, I don't know how he plays in it. Let me know. <laughs> it's not direct, but it's indirect. Yeah. And for yeah. someone who like who kind of going as has understanding of the whole you know notion of Aulia and uh, yeah. and Baruch and stuff, mm-hmm. um, one of the stories, one of the things that the, the the scholars of the past used to say is Hader would always be protected as long as you know we kept it safe from you know foreigners with ill intentions mm. right because the, the wall around the city was to protect it with uh, from foreigners with ill intentions mm-hmm. right. so that's one of the things Sheikh Hashim uh, one of the forefathers of the city said he kind of foretold like the moment you guys let a foreigner in mm-hmm. uh, with ill intentions for the city yeah and you guys don't do enough research to you know to kind of suss him out yeah mm-hmm. that's when the decline will start mm-hmm. uh, so Shah Hashim foretold that uh, you know a, a, a long time before Rimbad even came mm-hmm. then Rimbad comes and he's a Frenchman who yeah. is a explorer mm-hmm. um, you know finding land that's already been found yeah um, <laughs> and he shows up and typical white behavior exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he has like a, he has a very interesting story yeah like, this guy was fluent in Arabic he spoke mm-hmm. a bit of Somali mm-hmm. and a lot of different stuff and he came from like the, the Yemen route and he mm-hmm. came to Hutter yeah and at that point he's already speaking Arabic fluently yeah so they ask him like who are you and he goes I'm, a, I'm an Islamic scholar I'm Arab mm-hmm. right and he has the skin to prove it yeah and then afterwards he goes uh, what are you doing here i'm just here to visit mm-hmm. so initially the king at that time when he saw rimbad come in um he was suspicious like mm-hmm. immensely suspicious and when you read his his um his journal yeah he mentions that yeah the king did not like me um mm-hmm. and he actually put him on house arrest until like they can figure out like who this guy is yeah mm-hmm. and later on like they started to trust him and they let him go about and, and stuff of that sort mm-hmm. um so you know, for those who have an understanding of what Sheikh Hashim said, mm-hmm. I would say that's when the decline happened. Mm-hmm. And right before the Jalanko War, the last king of Hutter's father, uh, Amir Abdul Karim, I think his name is, yeah. that's when we became politically weak. Mm-hmm. Because from the time of like Amir uh, Imam Ahmed mm-hmm. up to that point, we've been fighting a lot of wars. Right, and it's always been with the same ethnic groups and the same uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing Amir Abdul Karim did is he realized that at that point we're weak. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and we can't go further fighting wars, and we have to use a different approach yeah. to kind of to protect the city. So his approach was a more was a, was a more peaceful one. Mm-hmm. He told them, "Hey, let's be friends." Right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and he like, you know, I agree with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's any historians who's willing to fight me on it, we'll, 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 we'll talk later. Um, but I agree with it, right? Yeah. Because it was a very sound decision mm-hmm. it's like you don't have the money to fight you don't have the right. political power yeah. to fight right. and how long are you going to continue fighting yeah so with these ethnic groups every year he would send them gifts mm-hmm. right to kind of tell them hey we're one 
mm-hmm. right? And there, there's a story like even with um, there's a there was a, a mosque in one of their lands far away. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually like paid from the state money to re rebuild it. Oh wow! Right. And he rebuilt it very similar to Hari architecture. architecture. Uh. Mm-hmm. And it's a very subtle message, right? Because the mosque where right beside it, there's a saint buried, buried there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And that saint was Gesu Harari. Oh, okay. No way. <laughs> and he, he's the one who brought Islam to that region. Yeah. Wow. Right? So he's telling them, he's, he was very smart. Like, his, mm-hmm. it was his way of telling them, hey, we brought the faith to your lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You know, remember the good we did for you and don't, and stop bothering us. Yeah. Right? And then every year he would send different tribes, like, you know, gifts of butter, honey, clothing mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. stuff that was considered valuable at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people liked his idea. Yeah. But a lot of people, a lot of the people of Hutter at that time, mm-hmm. they disliked him. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he chose the peaceful route? Yeah. So they just wanted bloodshed. According to some of the sources, is mm-hmm. yeah, they were just so used to like you know not liking those people. Uh, so like, we want to continue fighting, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what happened? It's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, what do you do if you like you take the chance of like ending your whole city by like just, <laughs> exactly you know yeah. losing Ex- all your warriors and being completely weak or you know chipping away at it very slowly? That's like, what can you do? Literally, a way to the yeah. best way to describe it. He was stuck in a very difficult situation, right? Yeah. Mm. And a lot of our parents, if you ask them, you know, what do you know about Abdul, Amir Abdul Karim? Mm-hmm. And if there's someone like who have some sort of understanding of history, mm-hmm. they'll tell you, yeah, he was a crazy guy. Really? Oh, really? That's what the story is nowadays, is that yeah. Amir Abdul Karim was crazy. And, what? you know, the Hadaris had to remove him. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, so, wow. like, the story kind of got rerouted. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the reality situation is that that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. So, long story short, he was murdered. <laughs> no way. They yeah. murdered him? Yeah, it's a very long story. Oh, wow. Who murdered him? That's a different discussion. Yeah. Uh, but he was murdered. Mm-hmm. Right? And that created a pretty big instability among Hutter. Mm-hmm. Right? Because up to that point, we had a king who was kind of, at that, until that point, it was successful, his endeavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a lack of like, you know, others understanding, yeah. he, was, he was murdered. Mm-hmm. And with a state that has so many enemies, mm-hmm. it, it destabilized the city. So the Ottoman Empire at that time, mm-hmm. which we answered to in a certain way, mm-hmm. was like, okay, you guys need to be protected. Mm-hmm. They told the Ottoman soldiers in Egypt to occupy Hutter. Okay. Right? Mm. So first the Ottoman Empire gave them permission to occupy Hutter, mm-hmm. uh, the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And they came, they occupied, they protected, they did uh, uh, other things like preserved that one mosque that, we, that now is known as the Arab Mosque. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, at a certain point, you know, Amir Abdul Karim Karim's son at that point, he was old enough to take the throne. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, some sources say the Egyptians weren't so happy to leave, mm-hmm. uh, even after the Ottoman Empire telling them to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so without a single bloodshed, Amir Abdullah was able to take back the city again. Mm-hmm. And that's how many change of powers in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Amir Abdul Karim died. Egypt yeah. occupied. Uh, Amir Abdullah, a young man at that time, takes over. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of instability. Yeah. So Menelik at that time, he saw this as an opportune moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, we've been wanting this land for so long. We've been mm-hmm. fighting for the past six, seven hundred years. I think this is a great time. So that's when he started to send the provocative letters to Amir Abdullah, mm-hmm. saying, hey, this was the land of our forefathers. I think you should give it back to us mm-hmm. or you pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Right? And Amir Abdullah, um, he sent a very funny letter back to him. It was very, um, you know, was uh, it witty or? It was very witty. They yeah. had, yeah. So I think, um, 
I think Minalik sent him a bag of lentils. Yeah. And he told him, you know, we're this many, like a bag of like thousands of lentils. Yeah. And like we can engulf you in a moment. And Amir Abdullah sent him a, a bag of asu, uh, paprika. <laughs> and he, yeah, yeah. And he told him like, you know, we're, we can burn you, right? <laughs> I remember this story. Exactly. <laughs> and then Minalik sends him another letter and he tells him, you know, give us the land or else what, uh, give us your, the land or else. Mm-hmm. And but they didn't have any real claim to the land, did they? historically historically no because yeah. the people who were there at that time yeah they're they're indigenous to the land mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah other people from other parts of the world came and intermarried and decided to live there as well too yeah but the bloodline of the indigenous people of that land still were there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so the land belonged to them um so then um you know Menelik was unhappy he sent another prog- provocative letter mm-hmm. uh, and then Amir Abdullah, he sends him a prayer mat and a turban. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it was a lot of back and forth. So yeah. finally, you know, Minalik's response was, uh, I think that's enough. Yeah. Uh, wait for us. We'll come and change your mosque into churches. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so the war started. A lot of people died. And, you know, the way we tell the story now is 700 newlyweds died. Mm-hmm. But... It was way more than that. It was a lot more than that. So that's the Chalanko war that you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So the reason why we, we focus on the 700 new, newlywed is these are, you know, young men who mm-hmm. at that time were just married and had so much to look forward to, mm-hmm. you know, but when the time came to protect their land, they sacrificed so much and left their homes to yeah. to fight and they died there, right? Yeah. That's, it's just to acknowledge their sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about, when we want to talk about actual deaths and the impact that it had, it was significantly exponentially more. Mm-hmm. Right, so the war was over. Yeah, and a lot of like the article, a lot of the documents you find nowadays that tell us about what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's powdered up. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it was a peaceful entry. Yeah, uh, um, you know, he, they opened the gates of the city. They yeah. appointed generals and so on. They don't mention the massacres. Mm-hmm. They don't mention the the destruction of historical sites. They don't mm-hmm. mention. Um, they actually changed one of the mosques into a church, the main one in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that mosque, Al Mashhad Masjid, at that time was the main mosque of Hadar. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it was one of the larger ones too. Yeah. So that one was transformed into a mosque. Um, into a church. Into, into a church. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was talking to the elders in Hadar at that time, and he's mm-hmm. told me, you know, until recent times there were books in there that belonged to like you know previous scholars. Oh wow. And until recent times they wouldn't allow us to take it on until now. So they just oh, stayed so in they, the church? I'm not sure like what the reality situation is, but like yeah. apparently they just stayed there. Oh. And but now they're able to take them? Yeah. Mm. At least uh, they didn't like destroy them. I guess that's the one good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, a lot of things were destroyed. So Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. um, we're at 49 minutes. Can we just like pause the camera? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, we'll be back in just a second to <laughs> continue with our story. Okay, and we're back. Uh, so where do we leave off? Um we were talking about how they transformed the mosque. They gave us some of our books back. Mm. Um, but then after that, so what exactly? So that was like, what year was that that actually happened? The Jonathan War? I'm not really good with dates. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm good for information. But the moment you ask me a date, like my yeah. mind goes all over the place. Every time for me, I think about it, I think about it like it's it, it was around the year 1890 a- to like 1900 mm. yeah. yeah that 1880s kind of yeah yeah like late 1800s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's because i i know that there were some ummas like me 30 40 years ago i like i think my umma or me my my mom told me that like her umma once mentioned that like her mom was affected by that war or something like that so i know it was she one of the newlyweds 
no 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 no. Uh, like 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 (laughs) they were alive when it actually happened maybe they don't remember it but i know that it happened enough to where it was only maybe a couple generations back right i actually heard it from your dad's sister oh really it was her uncles maybe it was her she told me yeah i mean i was telling me yeah oh really i remember like um my mother telling me my uncles or something like that yeah so it's actually pretty interesting yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah so that that's uh where I heard it from. So, mm-hmm. and then I feel like after that, like you mentioned, there was already sort of on a decline, a decline. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you have a country or like a, a empire like Abyssinia just come in and kind of like rip out uh, the the youth, because I feel like it's always it's always a, the next generation's job to kind of pass on the culture and knowledge yep. and everything in our history. Mm-hmm. But when literally your whole youth base kind of just gets killed in a war mm. it's like how does that even happen right like how yeah. did they go f- where did yeah they go like from there's there? a huge chunk of information that's kind of missing there because that whole generation was kind of killed mm. in the war it's not just youth base it's like men in general there weren't yeah. any men in the city yeah and but yeah. And, wow and, and chalanko like was it was it only was it strictly how many people were fighting or we had like multiple ethnicities in this or did they kind of like be like okay this is you guys yeah, like we're gonna stick on the sidelines we did yeah oh, okay yeah so sometimes mm-hmm. when we tell the story that that aspect is, is forgotten but yeah to, and the reality of the situation is that we as Haris did not fight the war alone yeah mm-hmm. there was it was this war was seen more of an, an islamic war than a Hadari war to, yeah. to a certain extent uh, yeah okay. uh but you know Hadar being the head of the state at that time mm-hmm. that's how kind of gets told as a Hadari story yeah but uh, there were there were Oromo people involved in that war yeah on, on our side yeah there were Somali people there's Afar people there's mm-hmm. Agobe people there's so many different ethnic groups that were part of that war yeah mm-hmm. um so they all have um you know a, a part in it as well too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um there's actually an interesting story that you put up I think it was recently it's like um the people but the people uh, uh, an answer to one of your things you put up was like um um are you interested in the history or something like that? Mm-hmm. But you, it was weird because the people who actually live next to Hutter are like, don't have this like drive like to learn locals? about our history. Yeah. The locals mm. don't have the same drive that we do. And that why do you fru- think that, that is? That frustrated me so yeah. much. Like but people I, I who really literally live was, there don't have the same. It was a love great question. It. Like it was a good discussion. Yeah. Um, I forget yeah. what the actual question was now, but that's essentially what we got from. We mm-hmm. found that the people who actually live, either in Hutter or near Hutter or maybe in Addis, which is like the main city in mm-hmm, Ethiopia, mm-hmm. they don't, they're confused on why we have this such a love for, or we're so invested in learning about our history and mm-hmm. our culture mm-hmm. when they're like, ah, it's just like, you know, the town over. That's where you just know that that's where we're from. It is. And I think it's because they haven't been through the same things we have mm-hmm. living in, you know, lands that are far away from from hutter yeah. yeah um because when when you're being raised in the west or yeah. in australia or somewhere in europe mm-hmm. it's a totally different vibe it's a different culture and mm-hmm. it's very easy to get lost in, yeah. in in you know where you are at that point in time yeah whereas them they're always connected because there's a large community that still has the ability ability to express their culture in a weekly or or like you know daily basis kind yeah of, kind of thing right so they haven't been exposed to the same things we have in that sense mm-hmm. uh, where we feel disconnected from the culture mm-hmm. and if someone doesn't actively like seek out their identity or 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 being huttery in in the west mm-hmm. then give it one generation and the whole culture is gone whereas yeah. for them if they don't actively seek it out it's yeah. still preserved for them in a way because they're they're immersed in it you know you know yeah. what i mean um but one of the things i i realized well I, i've realized this before but it it genuinely 
settle this in my head mm-hmm. is again if someone wants to fight me on this please message um i feel <laughs> this like guys ready to fight <laughs> no it's just something I've, that i've been holding in for so yeah, long yeah you're it's passionate like, about it don't worry go ahead you hear a lot about how we're endangered we're extinct mm-hmm. we're not going to survive two generations yeah right and we're always so ready as a people to blame it on other external factors mm-hmm. right Oh, it was the Chilean War. Yeah, true. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's because so many of us live outside of the country. Yeah. Or, or, oh, it's a certain ethnic groups that are attacking us. Yeah. But at this point in time, what I genuinely believe is the biggest detrimental factor to the Hutter identity mm-hmm. is Hutter people ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... I feel like you need like a, a round of applause because <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> it's, you it's, have to take the onus. That's it is, right? Yeah. Because, you know, for okay, from, from my personal standpoint, like a lot of the things I hear from like people... And my generation is uh, whenever I, I started off with these projects is mm-hmm. oh you're a fob haha or you're you're fresh off the boat or your socks are still wet you know like yeah l- l- <laughs> yeah like it's, it's very lighthearted I get it it's a joke yeah. haha kind yeah. of thing but you know <laughs> so bad. it's like this is someone that this is this is a project that's preserving history right yeah or when you try to talk to other people within the culture it's like oh that was that's so like a hundred years ago or mm-hmm. it's not really relevant to us as a yeah. people at this point in time right yeah. and I was like oh right this, yeah and this is something you hear a lot in in the diaspora mm-hmm. and then when i went there it's like a lot of the same notions were being said there which caught me off guard yeah and like when i wanted to go to hutter it's like oh how long are you going for uh, i want to go for a week or you're gonna or you're, you're gonna hate it or what so yeah, you, yeah you're not gonna like it right mm. yeah uh make it two days or you should only mm-hmm. go for two days or you'll be bored or like there's not a lot to do hutter it's yeah. like or is it up like there's a lot of like you know um unsettlement there and you're not which i never saw when i was there there's nothing there it's like it's just a lot of rumors that we as a people like it it bubbles up we build it up a lot more than it really is the reality is so a lot of people people lose the taste to go there right or like they lose the motivation to learn the language or they lose like for example maybe that's not your case but like Mm -hmm. some people who don't speak the language like in 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 the west Mm -hmm. the reason why they don't speak the language is they try to learn the language from their parents Mm -hmm. and they tell them you know what is it going to do for you Right. Really? Even like their parents? parents? Yeah, so like w- a lot That's of the really parents, sad. they try to learn English from their kids and speak uh, English to them. Yeah. Right. And they try to learn, but it's like, you know, just like focus on your studies and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff like this. And I feel like we as a people need to take the responsibility and the onus. Mm-hmm. And especially in our generation, it's like to make an active effort to kind of, uh, you know, stop these kind of rhetorics. Is that the yeah. word I'm looking for? Yeah. Um, yeah. And to kind of like build an environment where we can, you know, in a positive way, just build what was destroyed over the years. I thought that was like common sense to try and preserve your culture as, and your history as much as possible. Like yeah. that's something that... Uh, you know what everyone, though? It's kind yeah. of like when you have something around all the time, you kind of take it Yeah, you get granted, desensitized mm-hmm. to it. Right? Yeah. And, and did you guys notice that in, you know, cities, cities with a large Harari population outside of um, yeah. Harar, we all have Harari communities because mm-hmm. that's, our, yeah. that's, I guess, our parents' attempt um to connect to to preserve the culture somehow um whereas if you go back home oh yeah there's nothing they don't have harari communities they don't and you're like well how so how do you guys see each other like they visit family when they need to on Mm. eid but they they don't like get together i thought that was like like, i can't imagine living actually i never i never knew that i never put that that together i asked one of my cousins i'm like how often you know do you guys connect as a community she's like what community (laughs) and i was like huh really yeah they don't they don't why would they need a community to preserve their culture when, when they, they can live just go it? there if yeah. they wanted to? Right. Because mm, for them, it's only a six hour drive. But knowing that it's only a six hour drive to go there kind of 
makes you take advantage or not take take it for granted you know but, in a way mm. and it's also like i think you know and i'm not trying to like uh hate on the, yeah, the locals no i'm not I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> i just think that you know like even our family when we say we're gonna go to Harada, they're like oh you know go feed the hyenas go have fatira mm-hmm. but it's like there's so much more to the city like yeah yeah there's so much like it's so commercialized now and i know that they're doing certain things to kind of attract the diaspora and get mm-hmm. them to stay because mm-hmm. you know we're attracted to shiny things but, yeah yeah you know there's such a deep-rooted like culture and history and i'm so glad that we even though we were there for two days and we spent that one day kind of going around like, yeah mm-hmm. i learned more that one day than i think i ever have in my entire life were you with us, were, were you with us when you went around to each gate no oh, i've no, done the tour yeah i've done the tours of the gates before yeah. um but that one day that we were in the museum and mm-hmm. we like spent time there, yeah, I was like, wow, like I need to come back here. I need to mm-hmm. come back ASAP. Like two days is not enough. Yeah. 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 So, you know, even a week, I, I, I've, the longest I've ever stayed there was maybe three or four weeks, but I was a kid. So that's a long time. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But I, and I'm so like, I wish I had that opportunity now that I'm older. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe one day in the future, but um, you know, I think, what you're saying in terms of preserving the the culture it's so that discussion in itself mm-hmm. i hope that this because you know this book is not just for uh what do you want to call us diaspora no <laughs> it's not no. just for us yeah. it's also for the locals who although they might have like a faint memory or a faint kind of like oh yeah my mom talked about this yeah. tradition like mm-hmm. i hope that this kind of inspires us to not only educate ourselves but like maybe revive the the actual traditions exactly and, you know, mm-hmm. when y'all get married, we'll, we'll see these <laughs> traditions come to life at their weddings. <laughs> Do you know if they follow a lot of these traditions back home still? The main ones, yeah. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. The, like the main ones for every part of the wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do. But there are stuff in there like I, I asked my mom about and she mm-hmm. goes, oh, I heard about that once, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even for your mom's generation. Yeah. So there are oh. certain things that are rarely done. Mm-hmm. Like a book on moose. Have that? you guys ever heard of that? Mm, what? Moose? You do something with bananas? Banana? That's what they literally translates yeah. to. So like when they first told me this, like, are, are you trying to, you know, pull a joke on me right now? It's yeah. like, is this an actual thing? Yeah. Um, but it, it is it is an actual thing, right? So it's Can you repeat it? What is it? It's called a bakalmuz. A bakalmuz? Yeah. I never even knew that. I thought for a uh, horse was faras. Horse is faras. Uh, I'm not sure if faras is gay cement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but a bakal is... It's not horse. It's a mule. Sorry, mule. Yeah, mule. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it looks just like one. I thought that was yeah. what yeah. Close enough. Which no, that's not? donkey. Uh, wait, what's a mule then? Isn't a mule a donkey? It's between a horse and a donkey. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Amir. It kind of looks. I like always this. thought a mule was a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so what is Bakalmuz? Um, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you ask me, like about the specifics uh, that's in the book, um, mm-hmm. can I look at the book? Yeah. There's just so much in here, like, and I haven't like really been through in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. I was also going to ask you another question while you're looking that up. Um, like, what was something that you learned while compiling this book that surprised you or maybe you didn't know before? Like, some, just like, a, I guess... A book a on moose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could double... Yeah, it could be that. Well, yeah, but was there? So it's a check-in. That's what I call it. Uh, so every part of the Hutteri traditional wedding, every ceremony, I gave it an English name to kind of ah, give you an idea of what it's called. Okay. So we called it the check-in. Right? Okay. So it's literally the first ceremony after all the official wedding ceremonies are done. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's other ceremonies that follow just to like wrap up the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one that happens is the Bukhan Muz. It's basically where uh, the bride uh, the bride's friends 
mm-hmm. come to visit her the next day. Mm-hmm. And they bring her bananas and they bring her... Um, oh, they take it literally. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things they, they culturally bring yeah. are bananas, moose. Yeah. Right? Um, and they also bring other gifts um, such as um, kohol. Mm-hmm. right and the houseware and moats and other things to make her happy and bisha which is like gum mm-hmm. um and this is just them saying hey you know th- i know this is a big milestone and mm-hmm. it's your first night after being a married woman mm-hmm. uh we just want to see how you're doing mm-hmm. right why don't we do that here right that's so nice well, now now that we have it i feel like now that we actually have it written down like we might actually be practicing more of our traditional pra- stuff here like outside of it mm-hmm. and like trying to re- revive yeah the traditions in a way mm. like something like this you know you but might I be mean, able to put it together yeah bring a mirror some bananas think of like a wedding that you've gone to here or you know outside of Hara. yeah and it's been like you know four or five days and you're like damn when is this wedding gonna end mm-hmm. imagine if someone actually did every single event like cultural event that you know yeah. we do that wedding will be like two weeks long do you know what the thing is though yeah it would be <laughs> <laughs> it's like the culture is very intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the way we do it now is we do these really big weddings that are more show than uh, meaning, mm-hmm. right? Okay. But the way these these all these traditions are meant to be is like they're generally very small, except for one or two of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And they're meant to be very intimate moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one has a certain meaning behind it. That's this is a totally different discussion about like yeah. you know divorce and stuff. But yeah. I feel like you know I genuinely believe that marriages in that generation they were very successful mm-hmm. because of these ceremonies because each of these ceremonies had a meaning in there for the bride and groom to take into their marriage, mm-hmm. which later helped there right. Mm-hmm. Like one thing we did in this book that I think our generation would really appreciate is we translated not translated but what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We gave the definition no, no, not word for word, but general definition of what each song means in the in the Gufta Mogad. Oh, right? I love that. Mm. And it's so profound. Mm-hmm. I've never, like, when, I don't know if you guys have attended Gufta Mogad, and we'll, we'll yeah, t- we can I've talk about what that means, mm-hmm. like, for 
those that are listening, but um, you know when they sing that one when they're actually parting the bride's hair? I'm Can like, you sing it for us? I'm not gonna sing it. Come on, Sada. No, you I tried to get him it. to sing it. You gotta yeah. sing it now. You have the voice. <laughs> oh, okay, now your voice is not hurting. Okay, it is a podcast. Your voice is perfectly fine. What are you talking but about? All I know is I have the word Luda <laughs> in it. Do your followers <laughs> know that I used to sing? Listen, all right. Oh, let's we gotta not, get into that at some point. Can you like put a clip afterwards? Huh? Amir of like the we'll, we'll do a whole podcast. But I've always wondered what like. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Like, sometimes, uh, you know, when you're listening to, like, even if it's just, like, Harari songs or, yeah. or The Kid and stuff, and you're, like, you don't take in the meaning sometimes. Yeah. And then when you sit there and you really think about it, you're, like, oh, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so cool. So, I'm excited to read the the translations. Mm-hmm. Do you have the Gaysenan, like, the lyrics as well? Or like, no? phonetically written out, right? Yeah, so all yeah. the lyrics are there. Ooh. And then um, we have a section that follows every song. That kind of gives a definition of where what the song means, and mm-hmm. if there's a history behind it, we tell a bit of the history as well too. Oh, and so then cool. we tell like um, how to sing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like what I was saying is that they're so profound, and like they have like lessons for the bride and groom to take into their marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And that's throughout the wedding. But one of the ones that like literally stuck in my head is from the Guftamogad. Is that literally the part you're singing, you're talking about now is like Hashemo Kilgodoro Sagarahulo Elagifare. Right, and that that verse is stuck in my head for some reason. I don't even know mm-hmm. what you just said. Yeah, I was like, for, for the longest time, I was like, "This is gibberish," right? Yeah. yeah. And I asked one of my aunts, "It's like I have no idea what it means either. We just sing it." Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, after like you know the research we did and speaking with the elders, mm-hmm. you know, Hashem Kulgodoro, they're just saying like, "Hey, we we um f- um we fix the bride's hair mm-hmm. and uh, we we bunched it together, mm-hmm. you know, as they prepare the bride's hair, and then afterwards the next part goes Sagaraholo Gifere. And it's one of those situations where we know what each word means, right. but what in the world does it mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? As a sentence. Sagara, you know, means sewer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Or washroom. Or washroom. Yeah. Yeah. Hul means um, it's like a, a vegetation that grows and is very cheap. Mm-hmm. Something very similar to collard greens or kale. Yeah. Right? Elad um, gifare, uh, bring out flowers. Bring us, like, you know, grow some flowers. Right? So it literally means, oh, kale that grows in the sewers, bring out a flower interesting right so what does that mean yeah um and i found that so interesting that they sing that during a wedding um uh, during a, a wedding ceremony mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and basically what it means is that you know sagara sagara is um the sewer and that's an analogy of this world mm. ah. right so you know if you're living in a situation uh in, in in a world that is like a sagara that's like not the most ideal or opportune or what you're looking for or what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And they're speaking to the bride here. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, after this marriage, if you're stuck in a, in a situation that may not be the best, you know, it's not exactly what you wanted, but it still works. Hul, mm-hmm. uh, meaning um, the kill, is an analogy for the bride. Mm-hmm. And the grow off flowers. Right. Interesting. So if if you're if you're make good things out of bad situation. Exactly. Mm. You're married to someone now, that. and and maybe he's not the richest guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. But there's always a flower in the situation. What yeah. and make it make it grow kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Flip it. Make wow. it something positive. Yeah, it's profound. Mm. I mean, for those of you that want to know what guftamo good means, um, what would you say? Is there like, ha- there's probably a description of guftamo like, good in here as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. Like yeah. By the book, guys. <laughs> by the book, exactly. <laughs> by the book, if you want to know the definition. T O M dossier. Yeah. We'll put all the links in. Don't worry. Um, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll hold off on giving. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Should I? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the fact that they're, I guess, giving advice to the bride as, you know, this specific ceremony is supposed to 
it's supposed to signify her as a now married woman, right? And the the tying of the gufta, the act of that, and then um, there's I'm sure there's a lot of other cultural songs that I don't know um, that are sung. I don't know what the lyrics mm-hmm. include, but mm-hmm. um, you know that's interesting that they include advice while like while they're actually tying the gufta and parting yep. her hair. That's I I didn't know that. Well, yeah, good to know. Every time I like seeing a gufta, we're gonna like they're making her look like an umma. Cause like you know how the umma sometimes will have the gufta, yeah. <laughs> because they put her in like all the traditional like uh, uh, what do you call it atlas atlas and, yep. and all that stuff, and I'm like, as a kid, you're, you're I, I used to find it so funny. <laughs> I know, like the two pom poms, I used to find it so funny yeah. as a kid. You know what yeah. made me sad, and then I saw this. This is what? like totally side note, but um, I I think the actual act of parting your hair, yeah. combing it tying it and then tying like a fabric into two balls mm-hmm. that's so like sacred and now they have ready-made ones really like you just wear nah, like nah, a nah, durag nah, nah. i heard about that <laughs> <laughs> i have one at home <laughs> oh, <do you? laughs> i was like i don't want this one i want the real one <laughs> yeah. but it's, and it, it already has like the there's like a gold uh rope or something like a yeah thing that you're supposed to tie it so that it stays onto your forehead and doesn't slide off um but this one already has it like built in so you just you literally just slip it on yeah I don't and like then that. at the end of the Gufta Magad, you just take it off. Yeah. Nah, it doesn't feel right. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, nah, you got to have the real thing. Yeah. I wonder who the first person who came up with that. Nah. I think they're doing it for convenience because like you were saying... Like, it's a long process, right? Uh, Yes and no. Um, But it's also, I think, the way that we do weddings here. You're right. It is more so for show and extravagance rather than actually displaying our culture and so i've noticed though in the last couple of years every time they sing like jalie everyone's like so amazed like wow it's i don't even know what jalie means to be honest i have a theory oh you oh you don't, oh, you don't even know <laughs> i was like waiting for you to be exactly. like I, have <laughs> I have a theory but uh, I, don't, I don't think it's correct yeah, yeah. I mean, we're interested in hearing it if yeah you what's share. your theory it's like I'm always certain, scared to speak because there's always like Dory, one, just one talk like no one's listening. Yeah, space. there's always like one random person being like, oh, this that's is not a correct. safe you know space. I mean? <laughs> this is a safe space. I'll okay. not judge you. I, I think it's an Arabic word. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, the word Jalia in, mm-hmm. in Arabic means community, mm-hmm. right? So I think when they're saying Jalia, it's like they're, they're singing out to your people kind of thing. Mm. Because Jali, like the Jali, the there's the one we do in the wedding in Nagar Mahtab where everyone goes to the ground and they sing and they jump. Mm-hmm. I don't like that one. <laughs> 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 and then there's the other one where, like, you know, Ma sing back and mm. forth and they sing to like people around them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And m- what I think it means is that when they say Jali, it's like you sing, oh, my community, then, then they sing words, right? And a lot of times yeah. it's like yeah. advice or things related to religion or history or, or like remember kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I think that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If anyone can confirm or deny, let me know. <laughs> the, the next line is always like Aruze, no? That's the wedding one, yeah. That's the wedding one, yeah. Oh, then what's the, what's the next line when they say it in the Gufta Magad? Oh, this is, you don't sing Jalia yet. The oh, no, but when do they sing it outside of a wedding then? He was just saying. Jalia is like a type of song. So there's two different types of Jalia. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's one like they just sing for whenever people are gathered or. Like other quote, different uh, occasions quote. yeah stuff like that mm-hmm. as well too mm-hmm. and then there's the jolly where you do at a wedding okay yeah. mm-hmm. and um i guess sada asked a question earlier i know we kind of already covered a few things that are in the book but what was the most surprising fact that oh, yeah. you learned when putting this information together that's a tough question why because a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah in a sense mm-hmm. um but i think the most surprising is 
it's probably the lyric that I mentioned now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's also just like the stories related behind some of the songs. Mm-hmm. Because some of the songs, like they're related to folklore. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people may call it folklore. Some people may call it a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really, they have a story behind them. Yeah. Right? And there's a song that they sing. Um, no one really sings it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, It's as the bride is leaving her home right mm-hmm. that's there's a whole ceremony for that is she does she does she just doesn't walk out right mm-hmm. so like the like her parents home you mean yeah oh on the way to her husband's home oh okay right or their home yeah um she's being prepared by her mom uh and her friends mm-hmm. um in in the in the nadaba mm-hmm. like they're braiding her hair they're they're bathing her in rose water and they're putting bukhur and and all that stuff and yeah. then while that happens like her the guys the guys from her family they bring out all of the stuff they prepared for her to take to her new home mm-hmm. mm. and among those are motes right and mm-hmm. they place them on either side of the door mm-hmm. and then as she comes out they start singing for her right oh. mm-hmm. and the song that's culturally supposed to be sung is the saftazi kamalta manyatora bakalam zaifarka Oh, interesting. I sort of understand those lyrics now. <laughs> say it again for him. Amir, can, can, you, can you please? <laughs> no, 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 no. You gotta say it slowly. <laughs> was she tied up and was she, I don't know what that second word is. What she sewed? Isn't it what she sewed? Yeah. Okay. Okay, what she, yeah. What she sewed and what? Zikamelta. Yeah, what does Zikamelta mean? I never heard that. Makamel means like to complete something. Yeah. Okay. Manyatora. Who's going to pick it up? Bakalam Zai Farka. Bakalam. Bakalam. I've never heard the name Bakal. Oh, the, the, the one that the mule can't take. Yeah, we just spoke about yeah. it. Yeah. That's Good the only job. reason I knew that word. I know a few things. You don't give yourself enough credit, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there's a super long story behind it. Some people call it folklore. Some people believe like it's a a true story. Mm -hmm. But it's like it's it's a love story, and it's a story of like woe, and it's a story that has a moral behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's where that's where the song comes from, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like again, it's just the part that surprised me is that nothing is in vain. Nothing is happenstance or coincidence like yeah. everything is like very intentional and, and has mm-hmm. meaning behind it yeah. yeah literally everything whatever they make whatever mm-hmm. they sing whatever they physically do like it's exactly. all has some meaning behind it mm-hmm. it all ties back to the religion too. yeah 100 mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. i feel like i have like a new every time i have a conversation with you like my appreciation for our culture gets revived and yeah like, and i hope that whoever listens i appreciate that. Have that same booking a ticket to hutter right now <laughs> <laughs> appreciate yeah that. Mm-hmm. And you definitely want to go back to Hutter, right? I'm guessing like as soon as you can. Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, while I was there, I was trying to add another week. Really? Yeah, it didn't work out though. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm here right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like we, we've covered a lot here. Mm-hmm. And there's probably more we could do, which means that we're going to have you back again for He's volume two, be... three, four, five, and six. going <laughs> <laughs> to be a regular. <laughs> you guys yeah. are not tired of me. No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you want to answer this question or you can just leave it as... You know, stay tuned. But what do you have next for TOM? There's a lot. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Maybe this is a good opportunity for me to ask, to speak Mm -hmm. out to uh, the followers. Go for Mm -hmm. it. Is we need help, Mm -hmm. right? Um, 
you know, when I first started, the project was with me mm-hmm. and it was too much. I added two more people mm-hmm. and we were able to get this done, mm-hmm. which is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like our ambitions are high and to be able to meet those ambitions, we do need the support of our people. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we're looking forward to is, you know, everyone, you know, purchasing the book and benefiting from it and sharing it with their friends. Yeah. Um, but another thing is we also want to grow the team. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so if there's anyone out there that is skilled with the writing, uh, we are looking for a grant writer um, uh, in addition to, um, you know, someone to help us with, with the more administrative tasks of yeah. this project mm-hmm. so that, you know, the other people on the team can focus on writing and doing the research that's required. Uh, but to answer your question, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot more in the works. Mm-hmm. You all heard yeah. him. Stay tuned and uh, reach out to Hassan um, I guess you're the main person that they reach out to. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. or or directly to the Threads of Memory uh, yeah. Instagram page I'm gonna put as well up, too. I'm gonna put up like all the Instagram pages and everything mm-hmm. right we'll put here in the description. <laughs> yeah, I'll put right it right there. there. Why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, also I just want whoever's listening to this and just know that when you're purchasing this book, you're not only like just purchasing a book, you're also investing in like mm-hmm. the future of us preserving our knowledge and in our in our history. Yep um for future generations so like you're not it's not don't think of just the physical book here like you're doing a lot more than that inshallah yeah. inshallah hassan should run for president in header just saying Oof. <laughs> knowing the political not situation your, like, like, nah. <laughs> yeah. maybe that's your retirement plan in like 20 years that's a, that's a different story no, all, his, all his hairs are turning gray after that no. <laughs> all my hairs huh? <laughs> oh man whatever's no, left of it yeah so what was the website again that they can go to, to uh, so it's tomproject.ca mm-hmm. and then the instagram handle is tomproject I believe. Is it t.o.m or is it just t-o-m? I think so, but Let I think you're going to post it on oh there. Oh, yeah. Right? We'll post yeah, okay, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to fact check for you, but oh, it'll, please. it'll, oh, you want me to prove you right or wrong? <laughs> uh, we'll pull it up right now. Yeah, we will. It is, oh, it's actually t.o.m underscore project on yeah. Instagram. And the website's tom. Tomproject.ca. Yeah, tomproject.ca. I guess yeah. I guess that's good for the audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta make sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, thank you again, Hassan, for coming out. Thank you for having and me. speaking us, giving us a little bit more insight into our history. Yeah, no worries. I don't mind and, and putting it together for <laughs> us in in this nice book here. Um, hopefully, Shout we can out have to you more again. What to Nader and Hamdi? Oh yeah! 100%. Shout out to Nader and Hamdi. And also, uh, sorry, I forgot and to Tasneem mention. Sadi. Yeah, Tasneem Sadi. Like the, there's there's a for people who watch on the video. There's a bunch of illustrations on the book, and inside the book, there are multiple pages of just. Uh, should I show them? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like uh, uh, pages of like paintings inside that mm-hmm. uh, Tasneem Sadi. No, so the the illustrator is Dalia. Oh, the uh, illustrator. Is that, yeah. Um, she actually lived in Toronto for quite some time, but okay. uh, she currently lives in um, Dubai. Okay. Um, so she is our illustrator. Huge mm-hmm. shout out to her. Like this project would have been this project without her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like her continued support, like giving us the motivation and, and the confidence we needed to to kind of yeah to start off all the way to the very end. This is yeah. very much appreciated. And also, I believe uh, if people really like the illustrations in the book, they can actually buy the prints of the books as well, right? or it, the the paintings in the book, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there's, oh, okay. Oh, that's something I should probably clarify. So on our site, we do have the prints available for every painting in the book, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are poster prints um, that, will, that will be available for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be a, um, a sale price as well too. Uh, so we're going to have like buy one, get 25% off. Or okay, Madan. perfect. Uh, but if you want the actual like art print, which is very different from a uh, poster print, mm-hmm. um, you can, uh, we will add 
mm-hmm. her at yeah don't worry yes. and you can too. reach out to her and she'll have the the art print as well, available as well too yeah yeah okay so do you want to close this out for us sarah i guess so <laughs> um so you know i think we want to thank you again for coming on today um and teaching us a lot and uh, you know i hope you guys at home listening have enjoyed this episode if you want to hear more from hassan and the guys from the threads of memory project uh let us know in the disc- in the comments and you know we'll force him to come back on exactly, exactly. <laughs> um and aside from that we're going to leave all of um hassan's social media the project's page uh in the description and don't forget to follow us on cousin connection pod mm-hmm. on instagram tiktok subscribe because we're going to have a lot more uh, content for you coming up soon mm-hmm. and we will see you next week bye, bye. oh is that what we're doing oh, like, bye no, okay. no, exactly <laughs> <laughs>